Okay, I think everyone knows what we're here for tonight. If not, then you can't read titles. That's right. What are we here for, Nathan? We are going to start our season one review of Cooking with Paris. Oh, yeah, Paris that's Hilton's right. Paris cooking show Yay! on Netflix. I can't wait. That's hot. That is going to be hot. Hot. Uh, Carl's Jr. hamburger ad. Those are all the Paris Hilton things I know. Is that's hot. She did a car. She did yeah. a Carl's Jr. Ad. Yeah, it was very famous. Oh, I actually did miss that one entirely. Well, I mean, you were... That was many, many moons okay. ago. Okay, no, that's not why we're here. No, no, we're not here to silly. talk about Paris Hilton. You're so silly. What are we here to talk about? Well, for those who have been living under a rock and had no idea that this happened, <laughs> uh, this week, um, hopefully the same week by the time this episode comes out... Uh, I'm going to try to get it out tomorrow which there we will go. be we're record okay documentary came out wednesday mm-hmm. we're recording this thursday yes hopefully i will have it out tomorrow friday uh netflix's documentary bob ross happy accidents betrayal oh yeah and greed that's what we're talking about oh boy now if you're thinking to yourself this documentary is not going to meet my expectations. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. Well, and I also, <laughs> I didn't even think about this until I I got on Twitter last night after yep. we watched it. Um, as a person who watches the trailer to everything mm-hmm. and then reads a synopsis about it before I decide I'm going to watch something, oh, I knew generally okay. how it was going to go. Ah, like, not, I didn't know, you didn't details, know the details. Yeah. I knew who the villains of the documentary would be. be. Yeah, right. Um, To those who just read titles, it's not making Bob Ross a bad person. No, Bob... Everyone is very concerned and doesn't want to watch the documentary because they think Bob is going to be put in a bad light. Let us assuage your fears right now. The the worst thing about Bob is a little extramarital activity. Yeah, and... Yeah, Right. And I mean, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. There's a lot to get through this may, by the way, good listeners, this may end up being a two parter, um, only because I took about nine pages of notes and I (laughs) filled up my page of my rocket book notebook so full that it won't scan into my phone. (laughs) It cuts off like parts of lines and the entire bottom of the page. So. Should we um, should we talk general impressions first of the documentary as a whole? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, and then we'll get get um, down to the nitty gritty. It's well done. Very well done. Um, definitely skewed. Yes. One direction. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know that. Um, don't know that there's an, a way to make the other side look better than they did. <laughs> I don't know that there is either. Really, given but, given the given the facts mm-hmm. and also given the fact that this is sort of the anti to the, um, which we covered back in season one, Bob Ross, the happy painter. Right. Right. And Bob Ross Inc. refused to participate. Yes. Which is then yes. saying, say whatever you want. Yeah. We're not okay. gonna, we're not gonna say anything in return. It. So in my mind, there's three camps of documentaries. Okay. The, the real documentary is a completely neutral yes. showcase right. of whatever is happening. And you get to draw your own conclusions. Right. 
I wouldn't say this fits into that. I wouldn't say that either. Okay. Then on the far side, there's Michael Moore. Yes. That's not a documentary it's, at all. It's just a guy it, berating people with a microphone yeah, for an hour and a half. Fair, fair to call that editorializing? That's what that is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is this is more it's in, it's the, in middle. the middle yeah. and towards the actual documentary portion. They're yeah. not directly editorializing. No. But they are clearly favoring one side over the other. Right. It's, Which again, I don't know that you can favor the other side in any way based on the information I have. <laughs> right. Oh, yes, right. And based on the participation. participation. Okay, so if you're wondering, is this a well-done documentary? It absolutely is. You can't argue that it's not. Uh, I think you'll enjoy watching. It's only about an hour and a half, despite our copious note-taking. Yeah. So it's not a it's not a tough sit by any means. Yeah, it's an hour and a half, two hours if you're taking notes. Right. <laughs> we did a lot of pausing. <laughs> All right, so dive in. Yeah. Dive in. Um, this is really a story more or less based around Bob's son, Steve. Mm-hmm. Not Scott, because we made him up and he doesn't exist. Right. And if he did exist, he'd be terrible. And no yeah. one would want a documentary <laughs> about Scott. And he might have uh, stolen all of Steve's money, mm-hmm. like someone else did, as it turns yeah. out. Um, it turned out we used the wrong name. It was Jimmy all along. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> So the the documentary very much centers around Steve and and by PS spoilers if you're going to watch the documentary um you should probably watch it before you listen to us talk about it cuz Oh yeah that's a really good um good advice. Thank you. You want to see what we're talking about before we talk about it. And, and what we're going to do is just kind of give our impressions more than anything. I mean we'll walk you through it but like mm-hmm. we're not we're not here to be the definitive voice on of opinion we're just giving our opinions right and um if you need to go watch it we'll just wait right here yeah we'll be here see you in an hour and a half there they go they're walking into the uh, tv room now <laughs> and resuming so <laughs> all right <laughs> um Steve, son of Bob. Steve is obviously now a grown man. Yeah. <laughs> very much. And that's how time works. <laughs> in our in our exploration of Bob, we've seen Steve on a few uh mostly season finale episodes right. where he's come in as a very young man. To, ever the goober. Ever the goober to paint and show <laughs> and show what he's show what he's uh show his skills off. Um so one thing I think probably that's important to note right away is they had a hard time getting people interviewed. Yes. For the documentary. Um, obviously Steve was interviewed. Dana Jester was interviewed. who We've talked about before. Mm-hmm. He was a guest artist on an episode we already covered. Um, follow him on Instagram as well. He's got a good, uh, interesting account. Um, Vicky, who was Steve's mom is interviewed at one point. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Tham, T-H-A-M-M, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, who was the man um, who, one of the people who taught Bob traditional painting before he discovered Wet mm-hmm. on Wet through Bill Alexander. Um, famed 
flower painters Gary and Catherine Jenkins. Jenkins. Oh, we will talk about All the, Jenkins the Jenkins in detail. You know what? <laughs> I want a documentary about the Jenkins. Yes, I, I do too. I think <laughs> I think the Jenkins uh, deserve a lot of exploration on our parts. Yeah. I think that's another, you know how we occasionally cover a Bill mm. Alexander? It's, I think we could do a Jenkins. So for those who weren't paying attention when they paused this podcast to go watch the documentary <laughs> and then came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jenkins had a show at the exact same time. They are a contemporary yes. of Bob on right. PBS where they painted flowers, yeah. which, by the way, sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem that interesting. To and me. I'm not this is not an insult to them. Nope. I'm sure it's not as bad as it, no. it sounds to me. No. And their paintings are great. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like, you know. Oh, a flower. All right. Uh, yeah, landscapes just seem like a better idea. There's more you can do. Yeah, there's a lot more you can do. Although there's a lot of types of flowers. <clears throat> sure. And they all look like, you know, reproductive organs if mm-hmm. you look hard enough. That's true. That <laughs> that was... Georgia O'Keeffe. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the first vaginal painting show on PBS. <laughs> there you go. So. Oh, and not the last, Mm-mm. I guess. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> so... The, do- the the documentary begins with Steve, and um, y- you know it's it's also about Bob in general. Mm-hmm. So there's there is some overlap with things that you and I already know, and certainly the the Bob fan is already going to know. Let's before we dive into the nitty gritty of this, sure, yeah. Let's go through the things we learned about Bob that we didn't Great. know. I like it that aren't uh, not going to fit into. Everyone's schema of Bob. Yeah. Well, you know, okay, let's divide this documentary up into okay. three categories. I like here. it. I like it. Look, uh, at you, look at you. Yeah. I should have thought of this before we started. So <laughs> it's happy accidents, betrayal, and greed. Ah. Let's okay. focus on the happy accidents portion First. of Bob. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. good. All the all the fun things. Um, one of the first scenes, and this gave me a big chuckle. Yeah is Bob painting on Regis and Kathy Lee. Yes. And Kathy Lee is roasting his perm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely she is. It's not a new thing I learned. Uh, it was just very funny that to was me. Funny. <laughs> she also, uh, he, they returned to that scene a few times oh, yeah. in the documentary. And at one point, Regis and Kathy Lee both paint. Regis is pretty good. Kathy Lee was drunk. There you go. Is that the whole review of Regis and Kathy Lee? That's every episode. That's every episode. Of, <laughs> yeah. A- and anything else Kathy Lee has done, you can just take out Regis and put whoever else. <laughs> Except for the Today Show, in which case it was Hoda and Kathy Lee are there both you drunk. Go. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's 9 a.m. Why don't we have white wine? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I would if I could. Yeah. Um. I, I mean... I don't feel like there was a ton we learned about Bob. No, I mean... In if the, you've listened to our podcast... Yeah, yeah. You know most of the basics about Bob's life. Right, right. Um, go back and listen to our earlier episodes if you don't. But general rundown, military, married, Air, had a son. Yeah, Air Force, yeah. Divorced. Yep. Moved. Uh, yeah, re- remarried Jane. Mm-hmm. Um, liked cars. That's liked, a new thing. Liked, didn't yeah, know. didn't know he liked sports cars. Oh man! Yeah, he was a big fan of sports cars. Uh, he uh, he had a 
Corvette yeah, that he can, loved. Yeah, and he took Dana Jester for a ride in it. Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean, he uh, they said he didn't like to like scare people, but he did want to sort of excite people. Yeah, you know, in his uh, sports cars, which is another uh, way of saying. But yes, he did. He also had a sixty <laughs> a sixty nine Stingray. That was one of the other ones. Yeah, boy. yeah. Um, so Steve, the sort of almost. There are multiple bookends in the documentary. You know, the very beginning, um, Steve talks about his dad's hair. Yeah. And how he was always a hair guy. Uh-huh. You know, so he always was trying out different hairstyles until he, you know, and when you see pictures of Bob when he was in the Air Force and stuff, it's very, uh, you know, typical slick back. Oh, it's slick hair. Very stylish. Yeah. Good looking hair. And then, um, you know, as we know, towards the end of his life, he... He he lost his hair, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, because of the lymphoma and everything, and uh, was actually wearing a wig. Like when they were doing the children's show, at that point he oh, was it, he was wearing a wig. And, it's depressing. Yeah, it's sad, and and also amongst all of the other things we'll bring up about Bob Ross Inc. Yeah, you couldn't find a better wig. I know you couldn't spring it, it for was, a better wig, a pretty, guys. Come it's a on, pretty bad wig. It's yeah. not good. No, and bless his heart. I mean, he just yeah. So Steve begins to talk to his talk about his dad like that as being a hair guy. Says that um, he called getting his perm redone. He said Bob would say he's getting his springs tightened. Yes, <laughs> I ha- I jotted that down too. I like it That's quite a, a bit. Good one. That's a good one. Um, Bob began to paint. I didn't know this. Bob began to paint on gold mining pans. As one does. One of the first things he painted, which is actually kind of a cool, you know, I mean, along with the saw blade. Yeah, I was going to ask, yeah. which is cooler, a gold a gold pan yeah. or a saw blade? Which I mean, is a cooler painting surface? I'm kind of, actually, I'm kind of in for the saw blade, to be truthful. I mean, he, he didn't stick with... Mm-hmm. You know, I like the saw blade too because it's recycling. Because what do you do with a dull saw blade? Well, I mean, really? his was recycling too. I guess so. But you can. I mean, what do you do with that? I don't know. Nothing. If you're not paying for gold. Yeah, no one's paying for gold anymore. Good point. Good point. Um, we get a little bit of art history through. Um, gosh, I don't think I wrote her name down, but she is a. Um, an, an art historian. Art historian. Yeah. Talking about the wet on wet technique where it came from it's a uh, ala prima ala prima um which translates to first attempt there, there you go. go um it was also used somewhat in the impressionist style so you do see ala prima used there which i don't know why we haven't heard that before because i've heard them talk about ala prima yeah, yeah and earlier art like they in the documentary they're talking about how it was used to give life to fabrics, yes, etc. Right, right, right. I've heard that. Yes, yes. The impressionist thing somehow just hasn't. Maybe I just have ignored it every time it's been yeah, said. Yeah, I don't think it's come up. No, because <laughs> the only other thing I remember is talking about using it when painting frescoes. Yeah, that's the only other thing I remember. I don't think anyone said impressionism before, and that's yeah. that's cool because you and I both like impressionism. Yeah. Now so. we can relate. Bef- yes, before, before we had we no idea what was happening. Before we couldn't relate. Um, I don't know if there's a better way to do this than just a plow through. So, you know, we get the early story of Bob. If you don't know that backstory, you can certainly watch this documentary and, and, and get it. Yeah. Um, up. Let's just fast forward to the point, because this is really where the story begins for this documentary, where Bob 
um, he's he's trained formally mm-hmm. by one Bill Alexander. Well, before that, he's uh, yes, the John Tham guy, yeah, and probably I think some other teachers as well. Um, which, by the way, John Tham's art looked really cool in the background. I don't know, it just looked really. He neat was to a me. cool guy. He was a cool guy, um, and then is is picked up with by bill mm-hmm. right starts teaching with bill um great clip in there of bill handing over the almighty brush yeah says to an almighty painter i i yeah. think that was in the bob ross inc propaganda film that we watched before i think it was too yeah. uh, i remember <laughs> right. seeing that <laughs> um so fast forward to the point where bob is you could call it discovered mm-hmm. by Annette Kowalski. Which, the secret, by the way, to his success yeah. is he realized that a majority of people watching were women. So instead yes. of being like Bill yes. Alexander, where you scream at the painting <laughs> yeah, the whole time <laughs> in the painting's face directly, <laughs> he decided to speak softly. Yeah. Which I right. think is his way of saying women can't handle yelling and is sexist. But. We won't go too putting, far putting into that, as, that. Putting that aside for the moment, yeah. No, no, you're right. But but yeah, that was intentional, and we knew we knew the persona was intentional. But I don't think we had heard that particular reasoning for it before. Um, there's also the fact that um, uh, nope, lost that thought entirely. No, oh, okay. it'll come back around. <laughs> it's the booze. Um, so, Bob meets Annette. Annette, it's important to note, um, apparently Annette had lost a son. Yes. Prior to meeting Bob, she was actually very depressed. And um, she saw uh, a Bill Alexander show, didn't she? Uh, yes. Yeah. And Annette Kowalski wanted to take a Bill Alexander class. class. But they were full. Right. So she just stumbled into this class of this Bill Alexander trained Yahoo. <laughs> One Robert Bob Ross. Yeah. And uh, the rest is history. The and that's the end history. of the podcast. Bob. There you go. We're all done. I remember what I was going to say. Um, apparently, Bob was much more energetic and enthusiastic in real life. Oh, like yeah. He was a fun loving, cut up, kind of flirty, mm-hmm. kind of joshing with pe- joshing, you know, that with people all the time. He does seem like a josher. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? He seems yeah. like he would josh quite a bit. I agree. So, and this is as I was saying, this is where the stories the story really begins. Um you know, the the Kowalski's get involved, the TV show gets off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, Bob and wife Jane and son Steve uh, move in with Annette and Walt Kowalski. Um, Which uh, sounds like a terrible sitcom. It sounds really... It sounds like a bad decision it, all the way around. I think. Yeah. If you fast forward to the end of the documentary, <laughs> you'll see it was a bad decision. <laughs> and this is the point in the doc where they're starting to tease. Like, they don't get to it right away. They kind of string you along because obviously they want you to watch the whole documentary. So they point out little interesting things like, oh, you know, we, we know that Walt was in the CIA, mm-hmm. right? And so he knows how to record telephone calls. 
which he does regularly. Apparently, he you recorded know. all of their business calls. Just like you do. Just like you do. Um, so anytime he was doing business around the Bob sphere, he was recording those telephone calls. Um, it turned. You find out way later in the documentary that Bob, at one point, started recording phone calls as well, which he learned how to do from the Kowalskis, <laughs> and he was recording his conversations with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, those seem to be lost. Those recordings seem to be gone. We'll get more into. We'll get more into that. So, um, let's see. A lot of people. As, I, as we were saying earlier, declined to be interviewed for the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them specifically said they declined to be interviewed because they were afraid of getting sued by the Kowalskis. Who are very litigious. Who are very litigious. And we've heard this before. Yes. Um, as a couple people who decided to do a podcast on this subject. We've been warned. We've been warned a couple of times by different people um, not to antagonize them in any way um and i guess so that's why we're doing an episode on the documentary (laughs) that makes them look terrible i mean i don't know you know i mean we're we're just commenting on what Mm -hmm. was presented um uh so i have one major topic i want to talk about okay please please yeah um related to kowalski's before we get into all of the stuff yeah there's a lot of stuff um now, you might recall early in season one when we learned about Annette Kowalski. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We made some offhanded comments Yeah, about uh, Bob and Annette. Maybe there's... You know, doinking it out. Yeah, like maybe there's a... Not uh, to get too graphic, but yeah. doinking. But like maybe there's a doink fest happening. Yeah, they might be doinking, yeah. you know? Despite the fact that they're married to other people. Right. You know, it's funny because if you live in the same house, there's mm-hmm. like kind of opportunities that would present themselves to doink oh, there's each so other. many doink opportunities yeah there's doink opportunities yeah. <laughs> so according to steve well oh no okay are you getting uh, there's more here okay all right all right and right, then right, when right. we went to muncie oh that's yes thank you and i won't yes. say who we we spoke to we about spoke to this. someone about it yeah someone associated off mic i believe yeah it was yeah, not, it was on, not the mic. on mic uh and they had been told no uh-huh they had asked because they knew they thought we would ask. So it seems like, <laughs> right. It seems like everybody thinks that they probably doinked it out. Uh huh. Like everybody. Right. Because people pick up on chemistry, mm-hmm. you know, and we're not involved at all. Like we were barely alive when right. a lot of this thing, these things Pe- happened. Yeah. People pick up on chemistry and like notice Annette walking through the room going, hey, good sex earlier. <laughs> anyway, according to the documentary. Yes. According to Steve in the documentary. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Steve and uh, our favorite flower painters, the Jenkins. The Jenkins. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, those those saucy Jenkins, yeah they uh, boy they they had they had a real doink fest going. They, they did, yeah. They, uh, so Bob, uh, according to these people, Bob and Annette definitely had a sexual relationship, an affair. Oh yeah, the, going on. That's the yeah. appropriate way. To say yeah, there it. we go. So, um, <laughs> however, the best moment in the entire documentary, to me, is the Jenkins. <laughs> Oh man! When top, we're talking about this, and moment. like everyone's kind of hemming and hawing around yeah. it, yeah, yeah, and uh, um, oh, 
what what is his first name? Well, there are a couple. Right. So there's a, a woman and a man, the Jenkins. They are a couple. They and their show was done together as well. Right. He uh, they cut to him, <laughs> and he goes, "Yes, they were sleeping together." <laughs> and he goes, "It was the '70s," yeah, which Every- is not correct. No, it was- and his wife immediately is like, it was, it was the 80s. It was the 80s. And he's like, it was the 80s. We were all sleeping together. It's basically what he said. Which is great for two reasons. Number one, right. everyone else didn't want to say it. Yep. And man, did he want he, to say it. He sure Number did. two, I did not realize that the world of flower painting mm-hmm. was just one nonstop orgy until I watched this documentary. Apparently, if you were an... If you were an artist on public television mm-hmm. you fucked yeah yeah your 70s the 70s lasted <laughs> until the 90s that's, that's how correct. long the decade yeah. was I mean, in the 70s you expect this thing to happen in right. the 80s you're serious about doinking it out oh yeah with various people oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they all fucked let's just get that out of the Especially in the flower community, it sounds I, I, like. It sounds like. I mean, you're painting vaginas all day. What are you going to do? True. That's true. <laughs> did you did you see my latest tulip? Mm-hmm. Remind uh, you of anything? <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Um, oh, the Jenkins. I can't try to follow my notes word for word because we'll never get through this. Um, so let's try to pick out the big things. So... Um, yeah, more than a dozen people declined to be interviewed for fear of legal retaliation um, in this. Oh, also interviewed was Sally uh, Schneck. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She was the director of the oh, Joe yeah. painting. She was delightful. She was delightful. Absolutely delightful. I would say nearly every person interviewed yes, on was, here was delightful until we got to the end with the people who worked with Bob Ross, Inc. Yeah. They weren't mm. delightful as much as... Just, angry <laughs> yeah, dejected angry right she says that at some point bob got rid of the example paintings mm-hmm. and was just going and that is the first we've ever heard that's the that. first we've heard we don't know when that happened but at some point he stopped using them we'll have to watch yeah we'll have to and see. see when he stops glancing up yep um and as confirmed so often we talk about the last minute giant fucking tree mm-hmm. um apparently she would often give him a two-minute warning as the show was about to end, and that's when he would put in a tree. Um, you know why? Why? He liked to josh with people. He loved to josh. He's a josher. <laughs> oh, man. Um, if Bob canoed, he would canoe, he would fish, he would throw the fish back. He didn't hunt. He hunted with a camera, Steve says. Mm-hmm. Bob at one point said, only nice people paint. That's it. Which nice. is... I mean, hearing about the Jenkins, maybe it was a little bit too nice. Yeah. Maybe the paying community is a little bit too friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, um, in the doc, you'll, you'll, you'll see this. Um, they allude, they, they do some interesting editing and cutting and they put in thing places where Bob says, you know, you got to make love to the canvas, things like this. As they're mm-hmm. building up, talking about him being a flirt, they, they do some interesting, um, They do some interesting edits there. Yes. Annette was enchanted with Bob and jealous of other relationships that he had. But no, they, according to Bob Ross Inc., they had nothing. They didn't doink. (laughs) They got nothing. You know how it's just completely normal for you to have a platonic business relationship with someone and then be jealous when they're with other people? Right. (laughs) So Steve has this 
really interesting memory. Um, do you remember this part where he? Oh, the bathroom, the bathroom thing. Yeah. Okay, so we're about to get into depressing Kowalski territory. Yep. Everyone, buckle up. Buckle up. Here we go. This is one of the most depressing things I've heard. I've probably ever heard. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty depressing. And I don't. Here's the thing that makes this the most depressing. We don't have background on why. Right. No, that's right. That's right. That's right. That, we, there's so that, much that's untold. Yeah. So Steve is walking down the hall. This is during the time where they were living together. Yes. What? How old? Probably 17, 16? I, I don't actually know how Steve, how old Steve would have been at that time. It's a I good mean, question. Because it's after the TV show started. Yeah, the TV show had started. They moved in together to, quote, unquote, save on costs. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna doink it out. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, so Steve is walking down the hall, and as he puts it, this is the only thing that I found funny in this story. Uh, she Annette was in the bathroom on the commode. Yeah, he says commode, <laughs> which is something that people say if they're from the south sometimes. It's yeah. just a funny word uh, yeah. to me. Yeah, it is a weird word. <laughs> anyway, back to depressing. Uh, and she is just sitting there smoking a cigarette uh-huh. with two cigarettes and an ashtray at the base of the toilet right commode let's be specific i'm sorry yeah <laughs> um and says steve you're the only one who loves me yeah we have no background and that is wildly depressing it's so depressing you can only conjecture what might be going on like maybe and they, this is what they're leading you to think in the documentary is that maybe at some point the relationship between Bob and Annette, the sexual relationship, mm-hmm. the romantic relationship ended. Yeah. Maybe maybe one of them put a stop to it. From that story, you would think maybe Bob put a stop to it. or maybe, Well, he did get in trouble with Jane. That's right. Because she found out. That's right. And probably said that Annette was a hussy. Or something. That seems like the, the era where yeah. you say hussy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and we're talking of course we're talking about Jane Bob's wife, not right. Jane Kowalski, who is the daughter. Yeah, no, Jane She doesn't yeah. figure into this at all. She, no, she she's was actually not around. unaffiliated with every story in yep, here as far as I am concerned. That is correct. Um and sometime after that happened to Steve, um, Annette stopped coming to tapings mm-hmm. of the show. Uh Sally, the director, said she could never relax around Annette. She was kind of glad when she stopped coming to tapings because she made everybody on edge. Which is understandable. It is. Yeah. Uh, imagine your control freak boss just all of a sudden stopped showing up. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nice. That's, that's great, actually. <laughs> I, I prefer this situation. <laughs> um, mm. And then we start to get told the story of what happened with Weber paints. Mm. So, I'm going to try to encapsulate this as best I can. Please, please correct me if I get anything wrong. Okay. So, Weber Paints was a big uh, paint company. Yes. And had been manufacturing brushes mm-hmm. and possibly, I think, paints for the Jenkins folks. Yeah. Well, before this, okay, uh, Bob, uh, Bob Ross and Bob Ross Inc., mm-hmm contracted with Weber paints to do his paint. Right. Okay. Right. Um, they did make his paint. And they yeah. talked a lot about how Walt uh, likes to save money. 
That's right. And Bob was constantly butting heads with him. Yes. Saying he didn't want to lower the quality of it. He wanted it to be good. Yeah, he didn't want to put out an inferior product for so, people. So, yeah. no, we don't want to, you know, make that paint cheaper. Right. And apparently there were lots of arguments about this. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And then Weber made their paints for what is said until 2016? I believe in the documentary. so. Yeah, I believe so. so. Yeah. So. Weber um, is manufacturing their paints. They're also manufacturing paints and brushes for the Jenkins. Mm-hmm. At least, definitely brushes. And they're these uh, badger hair brushes, right. right? And so at some point, someone at Bob Ross Inc. says, hey, we, we need to get some brushes made that are branded Bob Ross mm-hmm. as well. And suddenly, the Jenkins are told, this is according to them, uh, the Jenkins are told that they can no longer uh, make their badger hair brushes because right. the badger is becoming it's endangered in danger or something yes. yeah um and then lo and behold <laughs> bob ross inc uh suddenly has badger hair brushes there you go there you go and interesting what a what a weird happens what what there. a strange quinky dink that was um which that that happens if if it was when Bob was alive, it's towards the very end of when Bob was alive. Yeah, and 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 that's actually the next thing that sort of comes up in the in the documentary is um Steve discovers his dad laying on the floor crying in the fetal position one day, um, because his wife Jane has been diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um and it's only two or three weeks after that. Uh, well, actually, after she dies. Right. Um, so they, they I, it didn't really say how long. That she struggled with cancer. Yeah. Yeah, no, it didn't. But no. she dies. And then two or three weeks later, he gets diagnosed with, with a lymphoma. Yeah, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. That's right. right. Which, then there's the interesting discussion. Yeah, so I was, I was hoping we get to this. Um, so... I can't remember who was it that brought this up. It was John. Was it John? John Tham, yeah. Um, brought up the fact that for years, decades, decades, Bob Ross had been taking his brush with odorless paint thinner and beating the devil out of it, right? Which would spray particles up into your face, yeah, and into your nose hole of paint thinner. all the time. Which I have a can of odorless paint thinner mm-hmm. down here. Let me. Let me grab it. And you're going to pour it just, in your nose? I'm going to pour it up my nose. And so, no, I want to see what the warnings say Okay, on the back. Because it, it seems possible that constantly inhaling little bits of paint thinner yeah. would lead to cancer. Right. Also, he smoked. He, he smoked for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, and he smoked, you know, these are the days of Marlboros and, you yeah. know, that's what he smoked. And okay. Well, it is danger, harmful or fatal if swallowed. Mm-hmm. It's combustible. Okay. Let's see here. Does it have one of those, the state of California things on it? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, boy. I mean, I'm sure it does. Everything do, do, has a state of California thing on it. That's true. Yeah. Do not smoke. 
Do not use this product if you're not in a well-ventilated area. Mm. Not for sale or use in California. You can't even use this stuff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do they use in California? I then? don't know, but not for sale or use in California. You can't bring this into California and use it. That, that would be illegal. So this shit's bad. Also, if you smoke and you probably have paint thinner on your hands yeah. and paint on your hands. Oh, yeah. And your clothes. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a good. I'm not. I'm not blaming Bob, Bob for getting cancer. Oh no! But it, I mean, I'm blaming him. Uh, okay. Why did he? <laughs> no, it it it's an interesting theory. Right. It's I, it's an interesting theory. Yeah. I was saying there when he said it, going, yeah. I yeah. mean, he also did smoke. He did smoke, which is pretty well known to cause cancer. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But. Who knows? And so at this point, this is when things get dark. Right. Because Bob is sick. Mm -hmm. And the Kowalskis are like a cornered animal. Yes. They're panicking because their payday has lymphoma. I mean, they should have seen From beating this. the devil out of his brushes all the time. Right. I mean, they should have seen him dying at some point. I mean, given he was only in his 50s when he died. Right. So he was relatively young. But, Yes. Uh, I believe the statement was made many times. If Bob dies, the business dies. Right. Not that's not quoting the Kowalskis, but people said that about what was going on. The Kowalskis did not believe that, and clearly, <laughs> right, <laughs> kept it going. And, and so they're trying to sew up mm -hmm. their holdings, basically, right. at this point. Yeah. Um. So before we get into uh, shysty dealings with Bob, yes, let's get into. Uh, Annette's flower painting career. I was going to say. Can yeah, we talk so, about Annette's flower painting career? So Annette had painted flowers for a long time. Right. And uh, I guess Probably because she knows that, as the Jenkins have discussed, it's a nonstop orgy. <laughs> That's right. If you're going to play. If you're in the flower painting community, nonstop orgy. <laughs> you are going to get fucked eight ways from Sunday. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... I don't. I guess this is as Bob is is sick, or is this after his show goes off? I think this was when he was still sick. Okay, so is the joy painting still on? I, I think it's if it's still on, it's on its way. Yeah, it's like, on its way. They out. know it's done. So she comes up with the joy of painting flowers. The joy of painting presents flowers. Yes, with Annette as the host. Little clips on the documentary. Yeah. Not gonna watch Didn't that. look great, no. Nah. Um, uh, we're going to skip that one. The Jenkins <laughs> flower painting looked a lot more interesting. Oh, we're absolutely going to watch some of those. Uh, and the the interesting thing, I mean, maybe this is just them choosing shots in the dock, but like all the Bob Ross products were front and center. Oh, yeah. On display, which you never see in The Joy of Painting. I mean, he talks about what he uses. Right. But he, he mentions what he's using. Yeah. This was... Like she had gone into an art store next to an art display. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. And gone, well, this is a good place to paint a flower. <laughs> this is like QVC. Yeah. You know, it, it looked, fuck, it looked like QVC. Um, and it's proposed by the Jenkinses mm -hmm. because Annette comes out with a book on how to paint flowers. It's proposed by the Jenkinses that she basically stole their diagrams oh no she straight jacked that yeah and she, the whole book the dialogue i mean the the text 
the text, the artist picture. Yeah. They're in the same weird chair, wicker chair that yeah. I don't understand they, why they, there's even two of them in the world. I believe they call it a photographer's chair. It's this high-backed wicker chair. I don't understand. It's why on a lot of album covers too. I don't like them. I don't either. It's an <laughs> ugly chair, but it gets used a lot. Yeah, it's, I, yeah. So maybe that. I'm just saying. Okay, if if she didn't intentionally steal from the Jenkins, right, right. There are a lot of coincidences that all happened simultaneously while making that book. Yes. Oh, no, I just happened to use the same chair. No, I also thought that I would put my right fist, I don't remember which hand it was, under my chin in the picture. And pose the exact same way. No, I thought a guide where we went through the exact same parts of a flower (laughs) would be handy. I didn't... Um, We didn't mention this previously, but it comes to light at some point. And Steve says this, that there was apparently a voting system set up. Oh, yeah. Between Walton and Annette, each having a vote. Mm-hmm. Bob and Jane, mm-hmm. Ross, each having a vote. Right. And so when Jane passes away, now Bob is very easily outvoted two to one. Which is insane. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a good system at all. No. And so apparently... They, they, Why are they all equal parts of this they shouldn't be i that's a great question i don't know if i mean they they repeatedly say in the documentary that bob didn't really have any business sense yeah like he i mean he knew which how is to, clear i mean not I guess, not yeah. to knock bob here this is not a knock on bob he was i mean but it just wasn't his thing at no point in time if you are the face of a product yeah do you go yeah equal parts for everybody let's go no like like yeah i guess you know man it happens so often with people that partnerships go bad but that sounds like an equal partnership between these four people more or less i mean i don't know how they set it up but like he should have he should three-fourths control or something he's the one or at least take 51 percent appoint someone to annette's vote right exactly right like steve (laughs) is now You know, that would make perfect sense. But like any other company, you have like a board of directors. Yeah, right. If one of them dies, they don't just go, well, I guess there's only seven people voting now. (laughs) That's not how that works. No. No. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, and and then they make the case in the documentary, and I don't know how factual this is there wasn't a lot to back it up but it is said that like you know because essentially bob continually was outvoted that he sort of lost control of his own life his own professional life in a lot of ways well and that's i mean that's when a lot of stuff started happening outside of his control because right and going back to what i promised everyone (laughs) Bob is in a good light in this documentary. Yeah. It appears all Bob really wanted to do was paint. Yeah. Paint with people. Make people happy. Meet some old ladies. Yeah. You know. (laughs) Be a flirt. Yeah. Check out out that flower painting orgy once in a while. Every, you know, know, just just dip a toe in. Right. You know. Um, (laughs) And. uh, Underpaint so that Steve could shine. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. We we haven't even talked about that. that We skipped over that. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess this is a good time to bring it up, though. So in the middle of this, they talk about how Steve had kind of had 
a little falling out with Bob. Yeah. Because Bob was trying to force him into the painting world. Right. Right. And he wanted to be his own person, not... Not just a, a copy of his dad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's like how Michael Jordan's children, if they become Michael, <laughs> if they go into basketball, it's a, it's a hard road. It's They're going to be constantly compared <laughs> to, to their father. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you saw the new Space Jam. Right. How little LeBron James doesn't want to play basketball. He wants to design video games because his dad... Actual mm-hmm. LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players who's ever lived. Right. He wants to go be the LeBron James of video game design. Right. Which is fine. Right. Um, <laughs> so anyway, there there was a weird like power struggle, I yep. guess, over Steve's future. And Steve didn't really like being on the TV show. Right. Uh, but Bob had his entire career planned on Steve one day taking it over. Yes. And told Steve... I don't know if I believe this or not. Yeah. Not, I should say, I believe that he said this. I don't know if I believe he did it. <laughs> okay. Bob said this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying Steve is making up a story. No, here. no, 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 no. I yeah. believe the story. Right. I just don't know if it's true that Bob told him he would intentionally paint a little bit worse so it would be easier for steve right which going back to the lebron james comparison here (laughs) would be like lebron james saying yeah no i only shot 72 at the free throw line so that when you shot 80 it would be easier for you right it's ridiculous (laughs) it makes it makes no sense um steve by the way is a fantastic painter he is Um, still to this day apparently he gave it up for a period of time I can't blame him. No, I can't either. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, going back to what we were saying about the voting, if Bob had wanted Steve to someday take it over, then he definitely should have had some sort of setup where Steve steps in to vote. Right. If Jane or him are gone. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Right. Right. But that, didn't happen and now it's a bummer that it didn't happen now shysty dealings yeah shysty dealings we're getting we're getting deeper into it folks as we go so now we're at the point where bob is very sick um isn't really telling anybody how sick he is still doing the show also does the kids show elmer and friends this is like 95 i believe yeah something like that and at that point that's when he's wearing the wig he weighs and something you can see i mean yeah you can. we've talked about this briefly seeing little clips of it he he does not look well he doesn't look well he's lost a lot of weight yeah um and so you know he's sort of just powering through um as things are winding down uh Bob actually marries a nurse who was taking care of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda Freeman is her name. Yes. Uh, my note here <laughs> is uh, Bob married a nurse to try to get the Kowalskis off his jock. That's, yeah, pretty much. Uh, because right before this, they talk about he was bedridden. Yeah, he's very, very sick. Uh, and Annette tried to get Steve, who has gotten like he's mended fences with his father yes there, there's no bad blood anymore no no they, they had a falling out for a period but then they right. they patched it up um tries to get him to go in to get bob to sign yes. a royalty 
uh, contract. It, they propose it as a, they told, according to Steve, they told him it was a memorial, something yeah, about a they memorial. They wanted to set up a memorial for him. Yes. And by memorial for him, what they meant was <laughs> own his name forever. For per- per- perpetuity. Yeah. yeah. And his image, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's this back and forth battle as Bob is declining and declining about um, the ownership of his name, yeah. basically. And Steve remembers hearing Bob yell, which he rarely yelled, I'm not giving you my name. Right. You can't have my name. Um, and this is the point where he's recording phone calls and things. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he had told people he wanted nothing to do with yes. the joy of painting or... Bob Ross Inc. Yes. Nothing to do with them anymore. Apparently he told Dana as he was on his deathbed that they're trying to steal my name while I'm here on my deathbed. He didn't even want Dana to come see him at a certain point. He right. wanted him to remember him when he was healthy. Uh, Steve says that his dad was in a lot of pain. When he died... Uh, apparently the first thing Annette said to Steve was, aren't you glad it's over? Okay, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna take a second here. Yeah. I'm gonna actually take a second to defend Annette on this one. Okay. Yeah. Because I understand that sentiment. I now, do too. I do too. It's a yeah. terrible time to say it, especially to and a terrible person yeah. to say it too. Yeah, your kid, his kid. Yeah. But the idea that you know you've watched someone suffer. Yes. I like I I I think about. Um, well, like any of my relatives who have been in nursing homes, yeah, before they died, right? Like there, there's that declining period, right? And someone, it, it's always stressful, and then there is kind of like a, like it's sad, but a there's a relief, relief, yeah, with the sadness. It, it's not like when a a young person dies, right? Or God forbid, a child dies, or right. where it's like sudden or 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 not even sudden, you know, like. When someone is old, mm-hmm. they've lived their life and they're just sort of suffering, and you know it's going to happen. Everyone knows there's it's, no coming back, right? It's yeah. it's just ticking right. the time out. You right. know, I I get her thought. I process. do too, and I think now, <laughs> yeah, and I, I I can see it from that angle right. too. Yeah. With that being said, read the room, Annette. Yeah. <laughs> Have a little sensitivity, for God's sake. I think you should know. Wow. After being around Steve for that period of time, that's not the kind of no. comforting no. Steve would want. And in, in in the documentary, he's very off-put yeah. by that. Um, well, and he's a very, I mean, you can see in the documentary, he's a he's like his dad. He's very emotionally open. He's, yeah, a very thoughtful mm-hmm. guy. Um, seems, you know, seems to take things... T- take take things in in stride slowly mm-hmm. um smokes his big pipe yeah you know likes his pipe had a can of tin of bob ross mints yeah which <laughs> well we'll talk about that yeah, yeah that's well, yeah. that's a whole different so thing. bob passes away um the kowalskis do not come to the funeral and try to hide the funeral they try to hide the fact that he died they tried to hide the fact that bob died according to this documentary right 30 to 40 people are at the funeral, so it's pretty small. Um, they show an obituary from a paper at one point, and it just says, Bob Ross <laughs> dies 
was painter on TV. Right. Which uh, I I know it's bad. God. But also it's just a very, if I ever become wildly (laughs) famous and successful. Right. I want you to guarantee that my obituary says something like that. Was podcaster on the internet. (laughs) Actually, if we could both get that on our tombstones, that would be dope. Did... Did podcast was podcaster on the internet sang <laughs> sang songs. That's what mine's gonna say. Sang songs no one heard. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's bad, but it's so absurd. Oh, it's bad yeah. in the underselling of it. I uh, when we were watching it last night, I equated it to uh, Bruce Springsteen dies. Yes, wrote songs. <laughs> yeah, wrote songs, sang them. <laughs> like that's it. That's that's it. That's where we're at on this whole thing. <laughs> so then we kind of switch gears. Um, you know, the documentary definitely takes a moment to appropriately mourn mm-hmm. Bob's loss, as we do here. Um, he was a, he was a great human being after all. Um, and we get our first appearance by this gentleman, Bert Effing, from Bob Ross Inc. in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're probably going to refer to that as BRI at different points. Um, and. I can't actually read what I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> well, one one important note here is um, the Kowalskis just kept that money train going yeah. after Bob died. Basically, everything just continued except the show. Right. Yeah. And they took over the um, BRI classes to become a Bob Ross instructor. Certified Ross instructor, yeah. And the way it is described... I was afraid the Netflix documentary was going to go from bad business dealings documentary to cult documentary yeah, it, it real had, quick. Yeah, yeah. Like, it got real weird. <laughs> it did. Well, apparently, so they, they take over the classes. Um, they make the people participating in the classes sign an agreement saying they can't use other products. Right. They and can't promote other artists. Will tell them if another person yes. involved yes. is using other products or promoting yes. another artist. The Jenkins say that they had a quote-unquote spy box, which is like a comment box, but you were basically encouraged to rat on your fellow students if someone was doing something outside of the bounds of this agreement. What was the thing you took a picture of? It was like... Oh, um, I'm glad you said that. I the, forgot about that. They're talking about like they're comparing it to communism, like a communist yeah, state uh, or something. It's it's an internet comment, uh, just about about the class that they took. Um, I lived under communist rule for five years in Vietnam, three of which I spent in prison. The way BRI ran the class reminds me of life under the communist regime. Everybody was encouraged to suspect everybody else. Whoa. Wow. Now, he did, he or she, I don't know who it, uh, yeah. this person, did say under the communist regime, not under the communist regime while I was in prison. So, I don't right. know if, the, if he's yeah. saying BRI was as bad as being in prison. Vietnam prison. <laughs> yeah. Or, Which I, I don't think it would have been, no. That's, or that seems just hard. as bad as Vietnam. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, so this Bert guy. Oh, Bert. Starts to, what is he, German or something? I don't uh, know. 
it's, it's one of those tell. nondescript accents yes. that Dana Carvey would have done on SNL in 1990. Very good, yeah. Nathan. I don't know. I don't know where it's from. Yeah, Europe. He starts to get sort of, <laughs> you know, disgruntled. He's noticing strange things going on mm-hmm. within uh, Bob Ross Inc. Yeah, and his main contact is Walt, so he's yeah. calling back and forth to Walt. Walt. Walt had gotten in touch with him to get him to spread Bob Ross throughout the European continent. Right. And at one point, Bert walks through the warehouse mm-hmm. and sees a guy forging Bob's signature on a painting. Yes. He's painting Ross onto some painting. Had the liner brush out and everything. Everything. He's following directions after all. Um, which brings us to this point that we've discussed yes okay so i immediately when they started talking about this i remembered that i think it was the new york times thing the where did all the Bob yeah, Ross it was paintings yep, go? that was the new york times piece from like two years ago yeah yeah um talking about how they have just warehouses of paintings right and why you know why aren't they out why are why they do just they sitting have? in boxes and hmm the person who has authenticated that all of these are legit yes. is the only person qualified. Yes. The only human being who's qualified to authenticate these, Annette Kowalski. Yeah, that seems like a conflict of interest. Just a slight one. Yeah. <laughs> and when you think about it... Right. It's been a conflict of interest the whole time I knew it was a thing. Right. I just didn't realize it was a conflict of interest until this and then i'm like oh yeah no that's a gigantic conflict of interest yeah until you realize there's potentially probably some nefarious shit going on yeah then it because i didn't think of it either i thought oh how cute is that Mm -hmm. you know my whole take on her this whole time has been oh how cute is that Mm -hmm. you know oh she really saw something in bob may helped him bring it out which she did yeah she 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 did did do that bob (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but also like what the fuck is happening um this uh this same guy this bert guy sorry bert i i'm sorry um walt says he said that walt because because bob ross inc was the largest customer of weber mm-hmm. the paintbrush and paint company walt tells this bert guy that they have the right to um audit Weber's books. Right. Right. Um, and essentially uses this leverage, I guess, to kick out the Jenkins. We were talking earlier about the brushes. Right. The badger hair brushes that they suddenly can't have anymore. Which, why, why, why do you want to kick out the Jenkins? The Jenkins aren't encroaching on your business. Right. Exactly. Exactly. No one then knew the Jenkins as much as they knew bob yes like that wasn't a thing no no i mean they were I, I can't imagine they were selling that many brushes no they just wanted to run out the only other <laughs> yeah competition yeah exactly so at this point in the documentary we're sort of building to um this legal case mm-hmm. that steve steve at one point wants to start like i guess branding his his own stuff yeah 
but doesn't actually have the right to use his own last name right on art products because which the, makes perfect sense right because the kowalskis own that they they own his name they own his name steve's name mm-hmm. bob's name bob's image right and so there's a lawsuit rsr art llc which is robert stephen ross versus bob ross inc um also involved in this are, is Dana jester mm-hmm um, and also involved in this is uh, Lawrence Cap, who is the son of Dennis Cap, who was the owner of the Weber Company. Very, a lot of names to keep track. of. A lot of names to keep track of. So you got Steve, Dana, and mm-hmm. Lawrence. Yeah, Steve and Dana, by the way. Yeah, they're a good pair. They seem like pals. Yeah, yeah. I I like Steve and Dana. I together. do too. They 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 make make happies mm-hmm. inside me. All right, now that we've gotten the nice. Steve and Dana are great out of the way. <laughs> right. Let's dive into this lawsuit here. So, okay. Pick it up. Pick it up for me. Um, so, Steve is trying to sue so that he can use... His own name. Use his own name. No. You know, a very reasonable request, in my opinion. Yeah, and in some ways, cash in on his father's legacy, right. which... His father wanted him right. to be uh, the legacy. Right. Yeah. So it comes out in the film depositions for yes. this lawsuit. Yes. Uh, that, well, before this, they knew this, that Bob had set up a trust. Yes. For all of his his possessions. Yes. Uh, his name, his image, everything. Right. Under this trust. Where... Fifty-one percent of it is controlled by Jimmy, his half brother. Uh, yes, and Bob's half brother. Forty-nine percent is yes. controlled by Steve because Steve is just a dumb kid. He's younger. He's much younger. Right. Yeah. You don't want to give the kid control. You know. You know they'll go spend it all on candy or something. Whatever <laughs> right. kids do. Right. <laughs> uh, so Jimmy has fifty-one percent control of this, meaning yeah. he can act most likely on his own unilaterally I, obviously yeah. in this situation he was able to act unilaterally so. yes yes um so it comes out in the depositions for this lawsuit that this trust document that steve had brought up um had led to jimmy signing over the yeah. rights to right. this trust to the kowalskis yeah because yeah. the Kowalskis, right after Bob Ross died, went after his nurse wife. Yes. And his half brother, suing them for a ton of stuff, saying, yeah. We own those paintings you have yes. in your possession. We own that palette. Yes. The, that Bob used. The blood palette that we touched. We did touch the blood palette. Uh, <laughs> wow. We actually did. Yeah. The, the brushes <sighs> that you have. Yeah. Etc. Etc. And to get them to go away, he just signed control over. Yeah, he settled. Yeah. With with BRI. Right. So legally, BRI does technically the, They do. There's it's airtight. Yeah. It's airtight. They own it. They they, they outright own it. There's yeah. no other maybe we're not saying that, that they should necessarily. No, we're saying as far as the law is concerned, as, right? 
it is not against it. No, they they own Bob's name, as, Bob's image. As far as human morals are concerned, that's a whole different a whole conversation. other conversation. Um, also, Jimmy, it's pointed out in the documentary, declined to be interviewed for the documentary, right? For fear of suit, specifically by the Kowalskis, mm-hmm. he was specifically. Um, and Steve and Jimmy had a relatively rough relationship yeah they didn't necessarily get along for whatever reasons um apparently part of what part of the assets that the kowalskis seized um including those paintings those palettes etc were the tapes that bob made of business phone calls which it's conjecture but we can only imagine those are either Mm -hmm. put away somewhere or have been destroyed this is by the way that's that's one of the points where i'm like okay well this is a skewed documentary yeah because they're presenting that but, but they don't know well it doesn't mean anything really right well they don't we don't know what was on the tapes that's yeah, yeah. we know tapes existed yeah that's it and we don't know if they still exist that's all that's the whole story those are the actual facts yeah. of it right right and we're trying look we're, we're trying to be as objective as we can we will read their statement when we're done here let's do that um, so in June 2019, Steve loses this lawsuit for obvious reasons. They have a pretty airtight case. Whether we like it or not, they do. <laughs> yes. And this is where the documentary really starts to to wrap up. So mm-hmm. um, the, the, the ending is left hanging a bit because, you know, Steve would still very much like to get to use his name on products, get mm-hmm. to use perhaps use his father's image on things um and from there we you know we learn that steve is painting again Mm -hmm. he's teaching there's good good film of him teaching um and we go we go into a little bit of a remembrance of bob people out there still being inspired by him not committing suicide because of the joy of painting people with t-shirts saying things like paint the pain away to deal with their emotions wonderful yeah, I mean, the man had a great impact on the world. He really did. Um, and so then, really, to to wrap it all up, uh, I, I guess this isn't going to be a double. We're we're a little long, but we're oh, we're, doing we're finishing. Uh, one thing we do need to talk about, yeah, before this is they lost the lawsuit. Yes, but the guy from Weber, Lawrence, was, yeah, was certain and had lawyers that said they would win if they appealed. Okay, so that's probably still going to happen. They need $90,000, though, and they couldn't get the that's money. That's right, that's right. So, if you're listening and you have $90,000 that right. you have just burning a hole in your pocket. Right, or burning, keeping you warm. Uh, yeah, especially if you're warming yourself. <laughs> number one, it's summer. Right, what are you doing? Uh, you know, just uh, get, get that over to Steve. Yeah, get the, just ship that over you to... You get free time. Yeah. Make it go fund me. I don't care. Whatevs. Um, anyway. Not that I'm supporting one side or the other. No, no, no. See how I went back? And yeah, I, went, I, I do, I do. I, I was do. clearly not neutral, <laughs> and then I went, I'm neutral again, though. Neutral! Um, and I don't think we're actually neutral. No, I'm not neutral at all. Bob no, Ross, at, the, at the end of the day. BRI was very bad here. Very bad here. Um... You know, assuming everything we've been told is true. Right. And it, it seems it seems to be that it seems like it is. It seems all very reasonable. They, they made their case well in this documentary is what I'm saying. If mm-hmm. it's meant to persuade me, it has persuaded me. Um, 
And so that leads us to, well, really, this week. The documentary dropped yesterday mm-hmm. on Wednesday. We're recording this Thursday. Uh, before the documentary came out, the Kowalskis were given an opportunity to see it, I believe. Yes, or I the think The BRI, so. I should say, was yeah. giving... Yeah. Well, so they declined to be involved initially. Right, right. Um, saying that it... Well, I can't remember if this is in the statement or on the documentary it was on the documentary yeah saying that uh they did the happy painter right which was their their propaganda film and right uh you know that's that was made for pbs yeah to help raise funds so they don't want to step on the toes of that they don't want to take away money from pbs that's that's a oh i'm sorry that that's a pretty bullshit reason (laughs) yeah anyway Uh, because no one's ever watched a documentary yeah if a person's been in another documentary before like you don't watch two documentaries on the same subject right um that's what they're saying yeah so how does the history channel work no you yeah you, you only watch one <laughs> yeah and then you're done and then you turn it back on yeah. and you're like french revolution again what yeah. no thank you <laughs> um all right, do we want to hear their public statement? Yeah, so this is this the one they released before the documentary? No, this was yesterday. Okay, so this came out the day the doc dropped. All right, so... On Netflix. This I is need, on Netflix. I don't know if we said that, but yeah. Yeah. I need everyone to um, take off their Kowalski-hating hats and put on their neutral listening hats while I read this. Here we go. And then you can choose whatever hat you want. <laughs> <laughs> public statement from Bob Ross, Inc., Dated August 25th. Okay. 2021, this year. Yeah. Yes. When the documentary came out. Yesterday. The day that. Okay. Right. Bob Ross Inc. takes strong issue with the inaccurate and heavily slanted portrayal of our company in the Netflix film Bob Ross colon, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. Since the founding of Bob Ross Inc. in 1984, or the 70s, is the Jenkins. <laughs> All of its equal partners, Bob and Jane Ross and Walt and Annette Kowalski, shared the same goal. There you go. To promote and support the value of painting around the world. So it says it right there, equal partners. Mm -hmm. This was the company's mission from its inception through the latter days of Bob Ross's life and remains the company's driving purpose after Bob's untimely, um, untimely death over 25 years ago. Whenever someone uses untimely, I just assume demise is going to be the next yeah, word. Yeah, demise. And I was reading that thinking, wow, that is a really, really harsh way of phrasing that in your public statement. Sure, <laughs> sure is. Um, anyway, if not for the efforts of... Okay, I have to... Uh, hold on real quick. Let me change in hats? Let me sw- switch hats real quick. <laughs> um, I'm trying to be neutral here. But I read this earlier, and this paragraph drove me insane. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, neutral hat back on. All right. If not for the efforts of the remaining founders and their dedication to this mission, Bob's artistic and cultural relevance and his expressed desire to become the world's most beloved painting teacher and friend would have been lost decades ago with his passing. That seems highly unlikely to me. Also... Oh, whatever. So I, we're saying that their marketing is really the, the thing. only reason anyone remembers that Bob Ross exists is because of them. Yeah, 
No. No, that's what no. they're saying. No. I, I, I disagree heavily with that. Okay. What Should we release our own public statement in response to their public statement? Sure. If anyone wants to read it, <laughs> it'll be there. <laughs> the Nothing But Bob Thing podcast. podcast uh, doesn't want to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> take strong issue with the inaccurate <laughs> and heavily slanted portrayal of the events in the public statement from Bob Ross, Inc. about <laughs> the Netflix film Bob. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's it, Nathan. Uh, okay. Uh, Bob Bob's presence, inspiring positive outlook on everyday things, and his celebrated ability to provide serenity to audiences of all ages together, as accurately captured in the film. Hmm. So they give it credit there. All right. Create the phenomenon we see today and are part of a business platform designed to nurture and amplify his gifts and turn them into the world's treasure. Hmm. Now we're back to the cult. It sounds like a cult phrase. The world's treasure? Yeah. Yeah take the gifts and turn it into the world's treasure mm. all of the products and merchandise seen today are just another way to share bob's message of positivity with people around the world and give us money i'm sorry that was lots money. and lots bob ross inks uh, hope is that items bearing bob's likeness and messages prompt smiles what is the statement as they remind people of the love of painting bob shared with all Bob was especially eager to explore ways to impart his sweet persona and the joy he found in making art with even non-painters, too. Especially children. Through collectibles, toys, and knickknacks. And he was the driving creative force within the company until his passing. While the producers of the Netflix film did contact Bob Ross, Inc. twice, in late August and October 2020, each request arrived replete with a confounding lack of transparency. Hmm. At no time did they pose specific questions to Bob Ross, Inc. Pause. Yeah. Why would you ask the questions before you're interviewing them right. for the documentary? Right. No, that doesn't... That's not a have to. Unpause. At no time did they pose specific questions to Bob Ross, Inc. or ask for any form of rebuttal to specific assertions. Pause. That's something that you do during the documentary when you're being interviewed. Unless you're worried about covering your ass. Right. No one... Do they think every documentary, the people interviewed receive all of the questions ahead of time? No, it's supposed to be somewhat spontaneous. That's the whole point of it. Um, Nor... uh, Oh, sorry. Ask for any form of rebuttal to specific assertions they had decided to include in the film, nor was it stated they had a distribution deal with Netflix. Mm. Oh, so if we knew this was going to be a big fucking deal. They thought it was going to be nothing. We definitely would have commented. That's a really weird thing to have included in this statement. Uh-huh. You could have left that out and no one would have put that together. Right. Right. But right. we just did because they put it in there. Had the filmmakers communicated with openness in their, correspondent, uh, in their correspondence, Bob Ross, Inc. could have provided valuable information and context in an attempt to achieve a more balanced and informed film. However, as the director and producers carried on with the production without the perspective of Bob Ross, Inc., the final narrative lacks considerable nuance and accuracy and carries a clear bias in favor of those who were interviewed. Hmm. That is true. That is true. There is a bias. There is definitely some bias. But but it's not presented to be... I don't... Anyway. It's bias, but... 
it's biased, but I would like to see the amount of information they right. would have to give me right. for me to go, oh, okay, what a crazy misunderstanding that was. <laughs> um, <laughs> As the director and producers carried on with the production without the perspective, the final narrative lacks considerable nuance, blah, 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 blah. Basically, you should have let us control it. Right. After seeing media reports about the film's summer release, Bob Ross Inc. attempted to reach out to the filmmakers in May 2021, when it was announced it would be on Netflix, Right. <laughs> to offer comment. They did not return calls or emails, because their movie was done, and finally responded through their attorney. We provided a comprehensive statement, and the filmmakers chose not to use it. Specifically in the film, Steve Ross says, I have been wanting to get this story out for years. A statement that shapes the overall direction of the film, creating the idea that he was previously prevented from doing so. Bob Ross Inc. never pursued or threatened legal action against Steve Ross, and in fact, no one at Bob Ross Inc. heard from Steve Ross for almost 20 years until 2017, when Steve filed suit against the company without any prior communication. Hmm. There's three more paragraphs here. This is a hell of a statement. It really Just is. Just in length. There's there's a lot going on in there, too. Uh, Bob Ross may not have shared the inherent structural features of his company with family and friends, which are very common in small private companies, hmm. resulting in many of the unsubstantiated accusations made in the film. Many of these baseless accusations attempt to relitigate claims brought against Bob Ross, Inc. in 2017 by RSR Art LLC, a company owned by Steve Ross, Dana Jester, and Lawrence Cap, all of whom appear in the film. Oh, Dana Jester is business partners with him too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. that's cute. Yeah, yeah, he's part of it. Yeah, they should get their own show on that. I know, cooking with <laughs> Dana and Steve in Paris. Yes. <laughs> uh, those claims were rejected by a court of law in 2019. RSR Art then filed an appeal, which was dismissed at RSR Art's request after the parties reached a settlement through a standard court-ordered mediation process. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, that I don't know anything about. We didn't talk about that. No. There wasn't any talk of a mediation process. And I would assume if there was a mediation process, there's also a gag order about right. what right. the mediation process was. I mean, so. the one thing I got to say here is just I'm a little unclear maybe what the goal is at the end of the day. Well, let me give you the last two paragraphs. Please Maybe do. you'll understand after that. Oh, I hope I do. You're not going to. Okay. In 2011, Bob Ross, now we're back in 2011 all of a sudden. Okay. Uh, Bob Ross, Inc. and its host, PBS Station, produced, oh, here we go, produced Happy a little documentary painter. together entitled Happy. Bob Ross, The Happy Little Painter, to be used by public television stations during pledge seasons and to enhance their fundraising efforts. Because of Bob Ross, The Happy Painter, Bob Ross, Inc. has routinely declined to participate in any of the additional dozen or so, dozen or so over the last Shitty. decade bob <laughs> ross related film request is received over the years hmm okay bob ross inc supports a vibrant worldwide art community by putting a brush into the hands of more first-time painters than any other movement in history oftentimes by force uh, that what that that, part's not you put that in there we embrace fans <laughs> that never intend to paint at all but still crave Bob's delightful personality and loving positive spirit. This is true. This is all true. Yeah. We yeah. enthusiastically support the public television system. 
I don't know if that's true or not, but well, I can't argue with it. Yeah. A true American treasure. Art-related education and charitable projects, including the Smithsonian and the U.S. Air Force, First Sergeant Academy, and the new Bob Ross Experience Museum in Muncie, Muncie Indiana. Indiana. Mm-hmm. The efforts of Bob Ross, Inc. and our dozen employees have allowed Bob's incredible accomplishments and his love of painting to thrive, and we remain committed to enhancing his wonderful legacy well into the future. So, there were two statements, right? Yeah. The, that's, okay. They basically just added okay. to the first statement. Okay. So, that's the most current statement that you just yes. read. Okay. I, I don't know, Nathan. Well, let's, let's do it this way. Okay. Uh, let's rate that statement. Oh, so, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Wait, did you think of that right now? Uh, yes, yes. That's fantastic. I'm always prepared. Okay, so we're going to have to adapt this a little bit. Oh, well, sure. For those who sure. haven't listened before, yeah, every we, Bob Ross episode we rate a painting, except this one where there's no painting to rate. So we're going to rate the statement. So we're going to rate this corporate word painting here. <laughs> Given by Bob Ross Inc. Right. Which, you know, probably is against Bob's wishes, if we had to guess. Most likely. Um, okay, so... Number the first category will be impact. No visual impact. No, just impact. Just yeah. impact. The overall quality of the message. Mm. Um, would you say that that message had the power to wow you? No. Okay. <laughs> would you say it has a lasting impact on you? Only in the sense that I'm going to think about it some more. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking a two here. It holds your attention. Not even. Okay. So a one. <laughs> It's e- here's the thing. We have a problem because it does have lasting impact in the sense that you're going to think about it I'm again. I'm going to think about it again. But it's not but because it's not of the statement. Too. Right. That's true. It's because I'm thinking about the content of... I'm thinking about this whole thing. Okay. We'll give it a one. It's a one. Okay. Interpretation and creativity. <laughs> uh, you know, the completeness and effort of this statement. Sure. Uh, would you say it shows a unique and creative interpretation of the assignment? <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> And the effort was far beyond that required with great attention to detail. I would say yes. I think that's a four, (laughs) yeah. All right. All right. (laughs) Um, Organization. Would you you say that that statement showed and effectively (laughs) uh, utilized the knowledge of the elements and principles of writing words down? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess I can't argue with it, but it doesn't, it's not, it's not the... it's not my favorite thing I've ever read. Would you say it effectively filled the entire space? I would, yes. Okay, yeah. that effectively filled the entire space? I mean, there's a lot of space. There's more space than I wanted. Okay, so would you say it mostly filled? Like, was it effective? Okay. Or are we going with it? It filled the space. It had an awareness of what sure, it was doing. that one. Okay, three. Three, okay. All right, a three All right. on their statement. All right. Uh, craftsmanship. <laughs> Uh, would you say that that statement was beautiful and complete? No, I would not. <laughs> would you say it was pleasing and partially complete? No, no, it wasn't pleasing at all. Was it fairly neat? Yeah. Would you say it was a bit careless in the creation of the work, though? Mm, sure. Okay, so that's a one. All right. I've never gotten to use the design is Boom. a bit careless in creation. There we go. All right. And criteria. <laughs> 
Um, I think the criteria would be the truth. Uh, yeah. Uh, so would you say that all of the criteria was met? No. Some? One. S- sure. Okay, that's a one. <laughs> okay, all right. So we're talking about a grant. No bonus points. No, no, there was... No, there was no bonus points, no. That's 10 out of 20. 10 out of 20, that's a 50%. There you go. Come on, BRI, get your act together. score, guys. I hope you do better next time. (laughs) You're going to get sent home with a concerned face on your homework. Walt's going to have to sign it and bring it back to us so he knows what the report was. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, well... Listen, everybody, I think this is a story that's going to continue to develop. It, It is. Um, I, I did want to share, I, I was on Twitter and just was asking people what they, uh, what they thought of the documentary. Okay, great. I feel like this captured most people. Okay, all right. <laughs> this reply uh, from at Cartwright underscore four. Hello, at Cartwright underscore four. The question was, what did you think of the documentary? The answer was, pissed off at BRI. <laughs> Full stop? Full stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a story that's going to continue to develop. You can trust that if we're not sued uh-huh. and or given a cease and desist order or something, that we will continue to cover the story as well as continue to bring you um episode by episode of the joy of painting as we have been doing um i don't think we need to worry about getting a cease and desist because they're going to be far too busy crafting more statements you're probably right about that and we will be here to rate every (laughs) statement they put out this is a podcast we want to be popular but not too popular (laughs) we want to slide under the radar that's right um well folks let us know how you felt about the documentary you can tweet us at bob underscore thing pod you can send us an email nothing no g but a bob thing at gmail.com um you can i'm sure write something somewhere else on your own Mm -hmm. and send that out there um Feel free not to buy any of the bob ross products we've talked about before yeah feel free to find alternatives if you, you know, if you're not feeling good about this whole thing. Man, this would be a really great time to uh, start selling some Bill Alexander products. Holy shit. Just, it, it's the same type of t-shirt, but with Bill Alexander's head on it. And instead of <laughs> happy little trees, it says, where are all these fucking trees doing here? <laughs> Get out of my face, fucking trees. <laughs> well, everybody, just remember, until next time, if there is a next time, mm-hmm. there are no mistakes. Just happy accidents. Good night, everybody.